Glad you could join us this morning on 10 Minutes in the Field. My name is David. Each one of us has been called to a field, whether it be a teenager, a father, a mother, a youth leader, or if you simply consider yourself a regular Christian. Our field is the world we live in. For each one's field, the challenges are different, but the expectations are the same, to bring glory to God. This morning, I pray that you'll be encouraged as we look at the scriptures together. Now, our passage today is from Matthew chapter 26. I'll read from verse 6. It says, Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. And look at verse 10. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Now, when it comes to this passage, it's during the time that is very well known as the Passion Week. Now, during this time, there is so much detail that is given. In focusing on just the emotions that were involved in this week, we're going to notice certain things. Several emotions were expressed during this week. One of them is uh, anger, but you also realize there was a sense of betrayal. And each time I mention some of these emotions, you know who was feeling these emotions. But also there was a sense of defeat, especially for the disciples, because they had plans. the things that they were thinking of doing, establishing the kingdom. But also the other emotion is one of fear. They were afraid. You realize they ran away at some point. But also there was anticipation. What's going to happen next? Uh, how will we do this? What now? Also, there's a sense of sorrow, especially as described when Christ was praying. Um, he's the, he sweated as if sweating blood. That was a description of the sorrow that was going on in his heart. Now, having read through this passage, there's another emotion that can easily be missed. And that is in verse 8. And in verse 8 says, And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant. What did they see? They see the woman pouring perfume on Jesus. When they see this, they were indignant. And the term I would like to draw our attention to is the term indignant. What does it mean? Indignant. What does indignant mean? Now, I did a couple of Google searches and checking on the internet, the definition here is a feeling or showing anger and annoyance at which, at what is perceived as unfair treatment. Indignation stresses back from the Latin prefix in, the Latin prefix, let me just mark this red. The Latin prefix is simply the word that comes before, which is in, the Latin prefix in, which means not, which means not, but also the root word dignus, whose meaning, this is not, whose meaning is worthy. Now the two put together is what you have as not worthy, not worthy. But this word indignant also could be referred to as a compound emotion. You can think of it as a compound emotion because it's more like a combination of other emotions. And so another word for indignation is outrage. It's, it's outrage. And how does this come up? Now let's look at the Greek origin of this term indignant. And this one I'm going to mark blue. The Greek word here is ag na 
I hope I pronounced it right, Agnaktewo. Now, Agnaktewo also comes from two words. One is the word first part here, which is Agna, which means very much. Very much. But the other part is what someone could call Actos, Acteos, sorry, which is also Acteos, Actos, which is equal to pain. The two put together is very much pain. But what these two are telling us is, so we have the Latin up here and the Greek down here in blue. And the two combined is what we have the English definition that simply refers to anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair, not worth it. It's unfair or it's unjust. Now, when we come back to verse eight here, how does this word indignant? How is it? How is it? How is it brought into perspective by verse eight? It says, "And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant." Now, let's use the combination of words here, more like to replace. They were indignant. They're saying, "Not worth it." They had very much pain towards what the woman has done, or anger concerning what is referred to concerning what she has done and what are they saying they're saying this is unfair this is unjust it's unjust because we're not being just to the poor why hasn't this been sold and given to the poor that's verse 9 for this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor and use his response kind of turns the whole thing around and you better understand this term indignant we're going to look at two other verses and the other is Matthew, the other is Mark chapter 10. We look at verse 14, says, But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. You know this story. In verse 13 says, And they will bring the children to him, to Christ, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. He's trying to stop those who are bringing children. But Christ replies, and and the, and, and, and the description here is, He was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. In a way, you could refer to this as uh, righteous anger. What they're doing is wrong. There's so much pain in Christ's heart for what is unfair. This is not fair to the children. It is unjust to the children. But the other verse that will help us also understand this, um, understand this word clearly, more clearly, is Mark 20, when it says in Mark 20, verse 24, and when the ten heard, they were indignant at the two brothers. Which two brothers? The ones who are trying to ask Christ, allow us, one of us to sit on your left and the other to sit on your right. What are these disciples saying? They're simply saying that this is not fair. This is unjust because we are made to be a team. But it looks like the two of you want to be more important than us. And so let's summarize this. Let's summarize this. So think of this feeling of indignation as a very dark emotion that is happening. And towards the end of Christ's life, to what many have referred to as a Passion Week, Christ addresses this emotion very, very clearly. And that's what we're going to be looking at. And so this is indignation, but in what areas? In what areas specifically? Number one is the area of possessions. And this is the expensive perfume. She pours the perfume on Christ's feet and the disciples don't like it. 
the disciples think this is unfair. Christ addresses that. But the other area that he addresses is indignation in the area of position. And we're going to see how. The disciples, one wants to sit on the left, the other wants to sit on the right, and they want to be in a higher position than the others. How does Christ explain these two areas of indignation? One, when it comes to position, I would like us to notice something. There's a man who reacted differently. Of course, all the disciples were indignant, as described in verse 8. But notice something. When it comes down to Judas in verse 14, then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me? What will you give me? In other words, what will be my possession? What will be my possessions? What will you give me? I'm doing something for you. I've just witnessed Christ uh, receiving expensive perfume. I don't think it's fair. Now, when you think of Judas's character, there's a couple of things that are described. He used to keep the money, but we also know he used to dip his hand in the money to get some. So he's money-minded. He's possession-minded. And he's asking, what will you give me? What will you give me if I deliver him to you? In other words, here is my price. Name any price. Name any price is all he's saying. And the chief priests are not slow to reply. And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And verse 16 says, And from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. From that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. So we have Judas here as an example to what indignation can do towards possession. But the other is towards position. How does Christ help the disciples understand indignation towards position? One way. There's one particular event that took place that he helped them understand that helps that helps them understand indignation towards position, and that's when he washes their feet. What is he telling them? He's telling them the servant, the one at the bottom. When it comes to position, that servant is the greatest of them all. That servant is the greatest of them all. For me, it was interesting to watch Christ address a very, very difficult emotion to understand, a very difficult emotion to detect in someone's life with simple events. One, the washing of feet, but the other was in saying, this woman will be remembered for what she has done. She has sacrificed what she considers expensive. She has sacrificed what's important to her. And she will not be tied to either possessions. And the disciples should not be tied to position. And all of this is coming from this simple term, indignation. If you'd like to support the ministry of World of Life here in Rwanda, kindly visit www.give.wol.org slash location slash Rwanda. And this link is in the description below. Hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.